Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the All In Fantasy Premier League Football Show. I am your host, the FPL guru, Alex Rex, and joining me today, fresh from his London marathon, is my usual suspect, Scott Williams. And welcome back, Tom. It's great to have you back. The three, <laughs> the three of us back together. For anyone listening to the podcast, Tom just dabbed. So uh, <laughs> that was a really good start to the show. Um, this week, we'll be reviewing game week seven and also previewing game week eight and having a little look back over what we've learned so far this season. Go through a bit position by position and answer some of our, your key questions that you've sent into us this week. Thank you so much for participating uh, in the polls that we've put out there uh, this week. Please follow us on our social media platforms, All In Football Pod and All In Football P on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And also make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, click the little bell button and then you'll get alerts and updates when we put our new videos out on YouTube. And of course, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcasts from. Right, I've done those bits. Boys, how are we feeling? International break. I think we needed it. Yeah, I, don't I, think, mean... we, I don't think we did, did we? <laughs> you didn't. You've not been on the pod for three weeks. Well, I, I know, but I, I hate international football at times like this. I feel like it really breaks up the season. You're just getting into it. Three, it only feels like at this point in the year, you get about three games of Premier League football and then it's an international break. I hate it. It does feel like the um, the beginning of the season's always broken down into like really small chunks, doesn't yeah. it? And then, yeah. you re- then you kind of get into the, uh, get into the nitty-gritty of it. The um, one thing that Arsene Wenger has actually suggested, which is a good idea, is condensing all the international uh, international games into just two periods. So you do the qualifiers in bigger chunks. You know, you take three or four weeks off, do them all up, do them all in a chunk, and then come back and have a sustained period of Premier League football. That sounds much better to me. Yeah, I uh, I, I like that idea. I think it's uh, it's actually better probably for the for the squads and the teams as well. They get to train together longer, etc. Um, Scott. It has to be mentioned that um, you had the best week out of all three of us this week. Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't ready for international break. I'm on a roll now. So, um, yeah, finally had a good week. And I wasn't actually, you know, a busy weekend. So I wasn't actually taking much notice of it, but I was making sure to uh, certainly check the players. And, yeah, it went really well. I mean, we'll probably touch on it. I brought another player in that didn't play. So I keep doing that. So... (laughs) <laughs> we need to keep an eye out on who uh, Scott's transfers in are every week, I think. Uh, so uh, quickly on to uh, the Game Week 7 team of the week. So players that performed really well this week, uh, Diego Llorente uh, with uh, 15 points for Leeds. Uh, a clean sheet, debatable if he should have had the clean sheet, but still a goal a goal in a 1-0 <laughs> win uh, for Llorente. And, and he's obviously going to play every week for Leeds at centre-back. So they've got relatively decent fixtures. So if you want to invest in Leeds' defence and take that gamble, then fair play. Uh, Tim Krul, even though he potentially should have given away a penalty for punching someone in the head. Again, another debate. Uh, nine points in goal. Uh, Shalaber comes from nowhere. His, his points per 90 is ridiculous, by the way. Like, it, when he plays, he scores, it seems, with 11 points. Aspilicueta, I lost my gamble between Alonso and Aspilicueta <laughs> this week about who I was going to bring in at centre-back for 10 points. Charlie Taylor, we shouted on the podcast a few weeks ago that we thought Burnley defenders with a couple of the fixtures they had with 4.4 million might do something, but nine points there. Hoiberg, uh, Townsend and Son, all with 10 points each. Salah just delivers and delivers and delivers. He's If he keeps delivering at this level of 10 points a game, I mean, for all of you quick maths guys out there, he's going to get 380 points this season if he plays every game. He's just 
on another planet. His, his goal was unbelievable, wasn't it? It's one of the one of the best goals I've I think the Premier League's ever had. It's a bit different as well, isn't it? We don't see too many of them sort of goals, similar to what Ryan Giggs did in the FA Cup, wasn't it? It was it's close control. It was like I say, it's a, it's a different level. And how he's not chatted about more for the best player in the world. Everyone's going about knobhead um, um, idiot Jorginho, who really winds <laughs> me up. <Is> Salah <laughs> just doing it week in week out. It's ridiculous. He's for me, he's the best player in the world at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of football from other leagues, so I'm horrendously biased towards the Premier League, but he's just unbelievable. And then we've got, and I didn't think I'd be saying this at any point during the season, two Wolves strikers <laughs> as the top performing players. Uh, Huang, which Scott Williams shouted out. Um, it's uh, 13 points, uh, but you brought in Jimenez, didn't you? Um, yeah. With 10 points. So did you, Tom, on your wildcard. I did. Fantastic shouts. Uh, scored last week and two assists this week. Raul is back and his fixtures look very, very good. So um, I think everyone is really pleased for him, it has to be said. Uh, let's um, let's move on to our game weeks, if you don't mind bearing with me whilst I click through the Fantasy Premier League website because my presentation didn't work this week. Uh, let's start with you, Scott. Hey. I've got to scroll down a bit in the league. Yeah, but but, but yeah, went, went down. <laughs> uh, new, new new players joining the league all the time. Yeah. So thank you everyone for doing that. If you haven't joined our mini league yet, please do. I'll read out the code at some point. I'm sure. Scott, for podcast listeners, please read us through your team and tell us about your game week. Yeah, so I took a I took um, a minus four this week. So I had two free transfers and you know took the minus four to bring in. Um, Alonso, basically. I really wanted Marcus Alonso in. Uh, he obviously didn't play, so that went really well again. Um, but yeah, a couple of Brighton defensive players in Sanchez and Duffy, um, bringing in six points each was good. Uh, Livramento again, obviously they conceded goals, but he won the penalty. Um, ridiculous tackle by Bencho. Well, Alonso should be straight back in that team now, even though he did score. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I had, I had uh, 10, 10 scoring players because uh, Williams is there, but he didn't actually play, which is frustrating because Norwich kept a clean sheet. Um, and we had Salah, obviously, week in, week out, and then the rest didn't really perform. Rafinha, Greenwood, four nails in the middle. Again, with my strikers, Dennis, I mean, Lukaku. Had to go with him captain. It is what it is. Um, easy to sit here and say, I wish I'd gone him and as captain, so I was kind of looking at it, but let's be honest, I was never going to do it. Um, so yeah, my I guess my, one of my main differentials this week to uh, get me those decent points was Raúl Jiménez, which was good. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And uh, expensive bench Alonso, Trent, and then uh, your uh, the the double double Watford. But um, for for yourself, uh, overall rank two point eight million now. Um, it's r- roughly about sort of five hundred thousand places behind where I was at this point last season as well. And I ended up being about mid 100k, 150k, I think it was, mid 30k. So, still plenty of time to bring it back. I think this season there's quite a lot of players playing it um, a little bit more seriously. So, but still plenty of time to, to bring it back. And I think the other thing, which we'll obviously we'll get onto in a bit, is that there doesn't seem to be many definitive, definite must have players at this very moment in time. Even someone like Lukaku isn't performing as well as we hoped he would. There's only really, you've got to have Salah. And then you've probably got to have a Chelsea or a, or a City defender. But other than that, there's quite a big 
um, group of players that you could have differentials in anyway. So um, there's there's plenty of chances to bring things back. Tom, wildcard played going into uh, game week seven. Tell us what your wildcard team is and then talk us through your game week. Uh, yeah, so the team that, well, the 11 that have played for me this week for my wildcard, Ramsdale in goal, um, obviously cheap option into that Arsenal defence and always going to play now by the looks of it and they're keeping some clean sheets. Um, I've got Rudiger, unfortunately they conceded Southampton, so only two points for him. Marcel, three points, and then Cancelo came on for me um, instead of Alonso, who I brought in like Scott and didn't play. And Cancelo obviously got booked and conceded to, so zero points for him. Uh, Salah, Ben Rama, Smith Rowe, and Rafinha. So Salah's probably the only person I know in that midfield that got any points. And then Jimenez, Antonio, Lukaku up top, Lukaku captain. Um, in hindsight, you'd love to say, oh, should have should have captained Jimenez against uh, Newcastle. They were at home, but that was it was always going to be Lukaku, wasn't it? Uh, Foster, Alonso, Sissoko, and Libermento on the bench. It's a lot of green arrows there, there for you. But overall, another green arrow up to six hundred nineteen k. Yeah, I mean, uh, the game week itself, I'm ten points above average. Uh, you know, as a wild card, it's not outstanding, but. I think the proof of a wild card will be four weeks from now where I am rather than where I am after this first game week because a lot of the players I've brought in, I ne- wouldn't necessarily brought in like Cancelo on a free hit for a City-Liverpool game. But for a wild card, when they've got great fixtures, he's in there. So he only got me zero points this week, fair enough. But I expect I'll get returns from him in the next few weeks. So. Yeah, I remember looking at your uh, looking at your team moving forward. I have to say, I think that the uh, over the next three or four game weeks in particular, you've got very few changes that need to be made or will be made. I think the fixtures look really strong for you. For myself, uh, 46 points. So Scott got 50, you got 40, I got 46. Three transfers. Um, I brought Alonso, Rudiger and Lukaku in for Ailing, um, uh, Luke Shaw and Cristiano Ronaldo. So I went, I got my Chelsea players in there for the start of their run as I always plan to. So three transfers for minus four. Uh, Sanchez in goal with six points. Livramento came on the came on for uh, for Alonso. Uh, Rudiger and I got seven points for Ben White. Salah, Ben Rama, Rafinha in Greenwood. Lukaku, Tony, and Antonio. And then on my bench, I've got Trent, Alonso, Sissoko, and Backman. Um, I got a red arrow this week down to 198k. Um, but still in the top 200k, which isn't too bad. And again, I've probably, for me, I've got a couple of players within this team that I'm not amazingly happy about holding on to, but only like. Probably Greenwood being the being the main one. Um, since Ronaldo got signed, he's he's just he needs to be someone that that, that gets moved on from the team. Uh, Batman's now lost his place to Foster, um, but other than that, I'm still relatively happy with the team. Brentford have got the best fixtures out of the next uh, for the next six game weeks total out of anybody. So um, holding on to Tony seemed a, seemed a, seemed a good move. So not too too unhappy with uh, with that one. Uh, and then the All in Pod team. 48 points. We took uh, we took a, a hit as well, but we went really early with our transfers. Um, we got Alonso uh, in, uh, Decore in, and Lukaku in um, for, it was Dennis, Luke Sean. Who else do we, who do we take out of the midfield? I'm lo- losing, my, uh, losing my thought, I can't remember who even took out, but I'll have a look in a second. Uh, we decided to start Decore over Jota. That worked out well. Um, well done you two because I voted for Jota and you two voted for Degore <laughs> so that got us an extra three points I feel Man United bias kicking in though that was it was I just you, it was it was hope more than anything you, you hoped you wouldn't concede but 
you're totally right. That's exactly what it was. I didn't want to cheer on Decore, but then he got an assist, so I was kind of happy. <laughs> um, Sanchez, Liveramento, White, Alonso, Decore, Salah, Ben Rama, Rafinha, Tony, Antonio, Lukaku, then Backman, Jota, Ailing, and Trent on the bench. Obviously, we've got our issues with Ailing that needs sorting out probably this week. Um, considering we've got Alonso sat there at this very moment in time, so we, we, we'll we'll have to have a look at what we needed to do. Let me just have a look. Who did, who did we take? Oh, we took out we took out Greenwood. That's what we did. We did that really good move that I really still need to do. Uh, that we need to take out there. So to review the podcast league, so still top is AJFC, but his gap, Gavin Webb's gap, has been closed hugely. Twelve points by myself this week, but we've got bangers and rash. Jeffrey Belcher storming into second place ahead of me on transfers made with 59 points this week. That's how quick it can turn around. What, 25 points he's pulled back there on, on the on the leader? Adrian Chippendale with another 59 points, only three points behind me now. We're in fifth, the pod team. We've got Sandy Punjan, Jack Alcroft, the early leader in seventh, but still very close to the top. David Byrne, Thomas Hughes, the man in ninth, and Martin Wheel in tenth. But the biggest shout-out of the week goes to... Neil Ladd, Ladd FC, manager of the week with 68 points. He played his wild card this week and it paid off. This is how it's done, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what did I do wrong? Oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm about to tell you what you did wrong. Uh, he went double Brighton, Sanchez and Duffy. He's got Marcel in the back with three points. Oh, it's Salah. It's Salah. He went for Charlie Taylor at the back. Well, he's already done better than you at the back, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Charlie Taylor at the back with nine points. Gallagher, Rafinha. And then he's gone Salah and Mane in midfield. He's gone heavy on Liverpool there. Salah captain. Tony, I love the St. Maximan pick, by the way. I love that. That's such a gamble. And now Newcastle are loaded. I mean, he's just going to score loads more goals, right? Uh, and then Luke up top alongside him. Ramsdale bench for six points. Uh, Gilmore. Uh, he's not playing anymore, I'm afraid. I don't think for, for Norwich. Uh, and then Alonso and Christensen who are the two biggest gambles for Chelsea defenders in terms of rotation. So um, what I would say in terms of this team is I really like the the, the gamble on, on Mane. I think in terms of when you're looking at his um, ownership, I think it's like still like 3%. And he's he's high up on all of the stats. That's a, a an interesting differential if you're going to go that way. So Maximan's outperforming Ronaldo and Lukaku at the moment in terms of points. So fair play on that one. Tony's got a great run of fixtures. I think what I'd say in terms of the major weakness with this team um, is the Alonso and Christensen. I like the fact the Chelsea defenders are in there, but in terms of the most nailed-on options, I think you need to be looking probably towards a Rudiger more because he's more likely to uh, more reliable on to, to play, to be relied on to play, uh, and then potentially within this budget if there's an opportunity to bring in a Diaz or a Cancelo looking at Manchester City's fixtures moving forward, um, that'd be great. And obviously Gilmore's, he doesn't play. There's, there's options on, on there, but I won't be wasting transfers on your 4.5 million fifth midfielder. Uh, boys, any any comments on the team? Any any tips, hints and tips to, to give Neil our manager of the week, which is always seems a bit backward when I start giving the manager of the week hints and tips? Uh, I suppose I. it's like you say, because he's got the two Chelsea defenders. It's less for me the fact that he's got Lonzo and Christensen because I think chances are probably one of them will play. But then his backup options like Taylor had a good week, but I don't think that's something that you're going to expect to see very regularly based on the, the first seven games of the season. Um, I Like I've got Marcel, so I don't mind that. Um, yeah, Mane, like you said, I have Mane. 
I love Mane. I doubled up on him at the start of the season, but he just never actually delivers on his cost. I found he's always just too expensive for what he actually gets in terms of points for. Um, and you never feel confident captain him. So at that price, I, I, it just always puts me off Mane. That's the only things I'd say, but he got 68 points. So can't really criticise too much. No, no, definitely not. Scott, any anything on, on on the team as well? Any, any other any other tips that you fancy giving? Um, I don't know. I should be giving anyone any tips. But, um, <laughs> um, I I like it. He's got some exciting players to watch there. He's got Conor Gallagher and um, Saint Maxim, who they they're not going to give you a boring game. They'll do some at some point in every game. So I like like you just need to get like Troy in. Um, just to make it really frustrating for you. Yeah. But no, well done, Neil, a.k.a. Jerome. And since said Maximan, if Newcastle score, it will be him. And actually, they've scored more goals than I think like anyone in the bottom, kind of like seven, eight teams. So, yes, you've, they are conceding, but they're scoring. You've got to think in January when Mbappe and him are up top as well. That's oh, going to be quite yeah. lethal, isn't it? Don't forget Haaland. They'll, oh, get yeah. each other's, they'll get in each other's way, though, Scott, won't they? They're both on the glory. That's, that's what's happening at PSG, isn't it? So. Uh, absolutely can't wait for him to sign like Rubinho again uh, and him to, to think he's in the wrong place. But what are those sort, what are those sort of signings? Zlatan, I reckon. Oh, I can see that. Something something like Beckham out of retirement. Right. Um, one or two touch on managers of the month for the podcast league. Um, Jack Alcroft, manager of the month for August. Well done, Jack. Um, your prize is in the post. That prize... <laughs> Um, I, I haven't got one, but you know it's in the post. <laughs> and uh, the uh, manager of the month for September was Strike of Genius. Sandy Punjab pipped me by twelve points. I've been second twice. <laughs> I haven't quite won it yet. Uh, but Sandy Punjab with one hundred and ninety-six points for uh, that month. Myself in second, and Jamie Farley in third. Should probably read out the top three for August. Um, Jack, me, and us. So uh, can we have, what, can we have a look, quick look at the October table? We stand. we a, we actually can. You are eighth. Yes, top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neil had top of that, and then it's obviously uh, everyone else had a good week this week. Uh, Jeff Beltrade and Chippendale, Callum Burnett, Matt last week. Some good scores in that league compared to the fact that it was a thirty-eight average. Some re- scores. Some some really good scores. Yeah, it has to be said. They've uh, they've done um done really well. And uh, it's nice to see uh, some play- people are taking our tips on board as well. Some of the some players getting uh, some really good results. Quite a few people getting Jimenez in. So uh, I uh, I saw that and that's gone really well. So want to move on to how we think the season's gone so far and having a look at the top performers in each position. Um and I think we need to, as always, we need to start off with goalkeepers uh, and what we've really learned so far. So what we've learned so far is Alisson and Edison are the top scoring goalkeepers. <laughs> so you kind of get what you pay for in terms of how well these guys have done and how well these guys have done so far this season, the top performing keepers, Alisson and Edison. So the top performing goalkeepers so far have been Allison and Edison that have come in with 35 points each. For some reason, my screen has stopped sharing, but that's fine. We'll, 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 get, we'll get back onto that. Um, and then also in terms of the rest of the goalkeepers, cheaper options, we've seen David Raya at 4.6. Any of these guys really stood out to you so far this season? Cheaper options, top options? Who's uh, Any surprises for you boys? I'm surprised that Martinez is doing that well. 
if I'm honest. Like, I know he's a bit too expensive, and Larice obviously had the first, he had a couple of clean sheets early on, so that's where he's got his points from. But yeah, he seems to be doing a lot better than I thought, Martinez. Um, I, I, w- I will say the Sar um, looks pretty good, I think, at Wolves as well. Um, sorry if you had any technical issues by just then, by the way, uh, for, uh, for for all the listeners and, and YouTube watchers. Um, uh, Martinez proven his worth at 5.5 million. Um, yeah, and I wanted to ask you about this, Alex, because I've been, you know, everyone I listen to, most of the pros are always like, oh, you know, don't go for a premium goalkeeper. You could have got more value going somewhere else. But mm-hmm. if I had a midfielder that was racking me 35 points up at a cost of 5.5, would I be complaining about that after seven game weeks? Or would I think that, that was great value? Not at all. Uh, this, this is the first season in forever for me and there's always like a, a good six million keeper that performs well but there's pretty much always every every year there's been a, a couple of 4.5s that have really stepped up and been been just as just as good if they're 10 20 points short maybe over the season and that's it um david Raya at 4.6 is probably the closest but then after he, david right it's 4.5 look at ramsdale though that's been honest he didn't start the season and he's looked fantastic hasn't he for arsenal must say yeah, 20, 24 points. Um, I think he's got the same amount of clean sheets as Leno did or something. I can't remember what the statistic is, but you're thinking it took Leno like 20 games to get the same amount of clean sheets as Ramsdale. I mean, you've got to look at his opponents that he's played. Um, I think he's got a clean sheet against Norwich, Burnley and Brighton. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think we should be putting him down, but I think everyone's getting a little carried away with him. But he has, he has looked good in those games. Um, but it feels it feels to me is at the moment is that the keepers are just you are you're getting what it's worth and there's nobody that, I mean the story of the season for me with goalkeepers is I still don't have a clue who the best option is I can't lie if I was putting a wildcard team together I'd probably go for still two four point five options or a four point six and a or, or two four point sixes or or I'd go for like a four point six and a four million Foster because he's now got his he's now got his place back. And it's cheap and it enables you to spend money elsewhere. But other than that, out of all of those top keepers, I'd probably just go for Edison if I wasn't going to go for a 4.5 million keeper. Yeah. I mean, you're getting clean sheets with Edison, aren't you? Yeah. It's, um, I've, I struggle to look at Saar, Martinez, Larice, Raya, De Gea, Geiter. I don't look at all these keepers. And, and none of them fill me with confidence to pick for the so far so yeah it, you get what you're getting what you pay for as i've said eight times already in terms of goalkeepers i think so far this season uh looking forward best fixtures over the next six when we're looking at fixture tickers again is brentford after they get chelsea and leicester out of the way um they've got burnley norwich newcastle it all in a row and then everton so potentially those guys that you've got, but I think one of the things I would say about Brentford is probably one of the things I said last week is if you are going to invest in Brentford, then you're probably better going for either one Bremo or Tony up top, um, in midfielder up top, or you're probably better off because you're going to get more points from the defenders. So uh, Pinnock probably offers you better value and maybe even Pontus Janssen, dare I say it. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the, the the goalkeeper situation. Let's go to defenders. A bit more interesting defenders. Cancelo with forty four points tops the tree. Alonso with thirty nine points. 
And then you've got Diaz. Then you say you've got Janssen and Pinnock, Aspilicueta and Rudiger. So there's, there's no surprises that there's three Chelsea and then there's two Man City in there. But then the two Brentford boys breaking things up, I don't, definitely didn't see that coming. Would you dare invest in either I'd, of these two? Brentford, 100%. Like, it's after a couple of games, maybe you could say, oh, you know, just, you know, find their way into the Premier League. But I really rate the manager, I think he's, he's, he's clearly got a game plan there. They've, it's going to sound weird. They've got a really small, tight pitch, which I think for, say, like your bigger, like your quick players, it's, it just makes it harder for them to run off the back of defenders, um, which is probably why they're keeping these clean sheets. And I must say, Janssen from corner kicks looks an absolute danger every time I watch Brentford as well. So just give that threat going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you're looking at having, if you want to get, you know, for a solid defence, one Man City, one Chelsea, and then looking at probably one of them Brentford players as as an option at 4.6, really, especially with the fixtures coming up, like you say. But um, Shane Duffy, if you've got him in at 4 million, that's looking quite good as well, isn't it? Yeah, we shouted out at the beginning of the season again by us boys in terms of he played every preseason friendly and um, they had. Ben White's being sold, etc. These guys are the sort of ones that you can really keep an eye on and, and they sometimes pop up and, and really help enable you for the rest of the team. Value. This is these are the prices for the top few defenders: 6.2, 6 million, 6.1, 4.6, 4.6, 6 million, 5.8 million. Then there's a 4.3, 6.6, Within that, there's only two players that are under 5.8 million within that. Sorry, three players that are under 5.8 million based on that top seven or eight. So is big at the back, is that what we need to be doing? Do we need to be looking at a back three when we're building a team together or even a back four potentially? Um, For me personally, obviously we have to wait and see on Trent's fitness. If Trent's fit, he's in every day. And then I would still probably have Trent, one City and one Chelsea. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing with my team anyway, if Trent is fit. And if Trent isn't fit, I'm going to be having one City and two Chelsea. So, because I think that's where the uh, where the value is at the back. Any 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 other surprises? Anybody else you think we should be keeping an eye out for moving forward? See players potentially in decent form. Mighty Cash. Nobody nobody sticks out to me to be honest. I think everyone that's up there is up there. Um, potentially one of the Wolves boys, maybe as a. You know, they've got the, the right threat, but they're just not actually getting any kind of um, outcome at the moment. But I think everyone, like you said, everyone you'd expect, apart from the Brentford boys, um, which are breaking that up, and Duffy, are kind of predictable. And so, similar to you, Alex, you know, I've not got him in at the moment, but I've left myself enough money to get Trent back in and play Trent, probably Rudiger, based on the fact that Alonso looks like will get rotated and uh, Cancelo or Diaz. And just keep that solid free, and then have two really budget options alongside them. Yeah, um, and then uh, points total, points per ninety. I've I've got the graph on the screen organised by Trent points per ninety seven, Alonso six point five points per ninety, Cancelo six point two nine points per ninety. Um, generally speaking, these these things normally go through phases. Defence big at the back, normally then some midfielder step up and start scoring more points and offering better value. But generally speaking, points per 90, these guys have been doing fantastic work all season so far. And that's a good point, isn't it, Alex? Because there's a lot of budget midfielders that are scoring big. And if you've got budget midfielders scoring big, you can afford to go a bit more premium on the defenders. If you had a lot of 
8.58 million, you know, Havertz, Grealish scoring big points week in, week out, you'd be gravitating towards them and going budget on your defence. But because you've got the big scorers being people like Rafinha's, Ben Ramas, you know, uh, Townsend, Decore, Gray, you've got lots of budget options in the midfield, which allows you to get the, the upgrades in, in the defensive areas. I think noticeably one of the statistics that I saw this season that, that really surprised me, I mean, Trent 3.1 expected goal involvement off his five appearances, which is just amazing. But then you look at the next best is Luke Shaw with 1.9 expected goal involvement, which is an expected goal or assist from his seven appearances. And Alonso at 1.8, which is low. Like there's there's not a lot. That they don't, then everyone else other than Sue Fallon, Michael Keane, even Cancelo's 1.4. So the expected goal involvements aren't that high and we seem to be getting more points from players with clean sheet points this season rather than them getting um, get, getting actual goals and assists. Um, in terms of creativity, looking at assists, Azpilicueta and Janssen with three assists each. Pereira, Marcel, Mings, two assists each. A couple of names on there. Uh, Trent, two assists. Cancelo, two assists. And then everyone else is on one. And then, actually, in terms of physical goals scored, there's there's, there's no defender that's scored more than one goal this season, and um, uh, uh, um, that that su- surprised me when I looked at that. But, uh, but anyway, that's uh, those are the numbers on on the on there in terms of defenders. Uh, we asked the question on the Instagram poll of Chelsea defenders, and I wanted to throw this one to you boys: uh, Rudiger, Alonso, Aspilicueta, or double up or none. And the result was um, 80% said Rudiger, 20% said Alonso. No, no one said Aspilicueta, and nobody said to double up on Chelsea defence. Does that surprise you? It doesn't anymore because the poll was done after Alonso has been dropped. I think if you'd have done it before, you'd have got a different result. Simple as that. When Chilwell played in the Champions League, Alonso went off at half-time and Chilwell came on. I think I said to you, Scott, before the get, I was like, I'm worried about Alonso not playing now because Chilwell's come on. That says to me that he's going to start coming back into rotation for whatever reason. And so I think if he'd have done that poll before he was rested, he'd have got a very different result. I agree now that probably just Rudiger is probably the way to go. He's guaranteed to start. If Alonso's going to rotate with Chilwell, you lose a lot of um, a lot of value out of him. So. Aspilicueta potentially as well. He seems to love yeah. Aspilicueta, but um, especially because Aspilicueta does play on that right hand side a little bit, which does offer mm. a bit more attacking options going forward. But um, yeah, I would never double up with Chelsea defenders. Very pretty much like I'd never double up with just Man City as any as a whole because then just not guaranteed. It's not a thing. What I love about Liverpool when the players are fit, you know what the team's pretty much going to be like nine or ten players, and that back line is pretty much always the back line. Whereas with City and Chelsea, you just can't speculate too much, can you? And, and, and not, if you go for Alonso, it's a lot of money wrapped up in him, isn't it? So. It is. City have been a bit more predictable this year at the back, I think. You've pretty much seen Diaz, Cancelo, Laporte and Walker, haven't you? I think for most, maybe all the games in the Premier League. I think um, you have, well, Mendy's... Not, uh, not quite all of them. Zinchenko, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well, yeah, okay. Very close, very close. But yeah, but, but now with injury for Zinchenko, um, Stone's not back to full fitness. I mean, obviously Ake's played a few times, but um, but yeah, generally speaking, yeah, they've got a pretty settled back four. Um, midfielders, and, and now here's where we get some really 
like interesting conversations about points per 90. So Salah miles ahead, 10 points per every 90 minutes played. Uh, Andros Townsend offering the next best value for money per 90 with 7.43 after he scored against Manchester United at the weekend. Son sneaking in there, points mm-hmm. per 90 again, just played six games, 7.2 points per 90. I, I, always, I question people for bringing Son in because I just think Spurs looked a bit rubbish, but he is performing still. And he is still returning points after his couple of assists at the weekend just gone by. Um, Jeff brought him in on his wild card, and I was a bit like, mm, "I say to you a bit if he but he got him ten points." And it's, it's. I think it was Jeff that made the point. He was trusting Son, not Spurs, and Son, yeah. even however bad Spurs will be, Son will probably still get points, and that's probably a good, good piece of logic to follow there. Do you think with that as well is? So there's a lot of people who have sold Ronaldo. I'm one of them for Lukaku. Do you? How often do you just trust a player compared to like the, the rest of the team? So like, for for example, somebody else so far this season that's delivered exactly the same is Jamie Vardy. Like he is, he's also performed this season individually, even though I think Leicester have looked pretty crap. So how often do we do this and how often do we have to go with a team? And I, I think that I find that a really, really hard balance. I can't think of anybody else maybe that, that, that's done that this season. I think it's pretty rare. I, I hate doing it. If a team's not performing, I hate having any of the players in my team. Mm. Like, I, I, just, I just think that it's so important to actually have a team that's performing, to have those chances. I know Ronaldo is a freak and he, you know, he returned well. But one of the reasons I took Ronaldo out, same as you this week, just because I didn't think Man United were looking great as a whole. And I thought, he's 36, he's going to get rotated at some point. That's why I took him out, because they didn't look great. Um, for me, it's a big thing, because you can't. then players can't just keep carrying the team as well. It just has to end at some point. It's a good point as well, because, yeah, Scott's right, because especially at the price that Son's at, I'd want to be able to captain him. And if they're not playing well, Son can still get a goal here or there or an assist here or there. But is he going to get a hat-trick? Are you ever going to get like some supreme value from him at that price? Or can you have someone like Townsend who's probably going to score maybe like 20 points less over the next 10 game weeks, but he's going to cost you half, half as much? So. Yeah, it, it's it's always an interesting debate. I think generally I'd go with team and team and fixture and, and performance. But yeah, on on occasion, if someone's really outperforming their numbers, um, then they, then they're worth looking at. Uh, ben Rama, Decore, Pogba, Gallagher. Um, then we've got Amane in here, and then we've got Sa Jota. There's some real value in midfield, but there's so many value options. Mm-hmm. Um which takes me on quite nicely to a couple of the other polls did this week. And I want to, uh, I'm going to ask you, ask you boys um, very quickly uh, on these. And uh, and there's there's a couple of other positions in here, but I think this leads us on quite nicely to player versus player decisions that we all had to, that I put on the Instagram uh, post this week. So if you were wildcarding this week, you could choose between one or the other. I'm going to go through these now. Arsenal, if you were going for Smith Rowe or Saka, who would you go for? Smith Rowe for me, Scott. Yeah, Smith Rowe as well. I think I think Smith Rowe has been fairly consistent uh, all season. Where Saka seems to be a bit, you know, coming in little patches. Yeah. 
And Saka's six point two, is he? And Smith Rowe's five point three. So I think five, five point. I think is it five point four and six? So they're all going up now, aren't they? Because everyone's buying them. But, yeah, I, um, think, I, th- I think when it's that close, there's a decision in your head. I think you can look. You can bring it down to the cost, and that's a big difference in costs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. full full mill. Um, Grealish or Foden? Foden, just because how we played at the weekend. <sighs> So difficult, uh, isn't it? Just difficult. I feel. I feel like that is another Rudiger or Alonso question. Like pre that, it's like Grealish. I feel has played pretty much every single minute. He got taken off early against Liverpool, but apart from that, he's played pretty much every game from the start. Yeah, he's been taken off late in a couple, but he's pretty much nailed on to play. Whereas I feel like Foden will still get rotated, even though he's unbelievable. Grealish for me has been quite underwhelming this he season. Has. Um, output, output, it has been, but statistically, he should be, he should have more points than he does. I don't you know. know. Go, you've got to look at the eye test as well. I don't know. Just like Foden, only you forget. I forgot how good Foden was. I know, I know, and, and I think if if I knew Foden was, that's why I say it's Alonso Rudiger. If Alonso and Rudiger were both going to start every game, you'd go Alonso 100 percent of the time. He's going to get forward more. He's more attacking. It's the same thing for me with Grealish and Foden. I feel like Grealish is more guaranteed to start for them, whereas if Foden's going to play every game, then it's Foden, 100%. I'm with you on that. You see, you see that, was the, that was what I wanted to look for then. Grealish has got the same amount of points as Ferran Torres this season so far. And like, Torres got all of his in one game. Yeah, but, that, but that's it, isn't it? And I think that's the thing that you look at with, with, with Torres as well. Like Foden might, might be a little bit more consistent than Torres. But Torres is 6.9 mil, just scored twice again for Spain, didn't he? And he and he got subbed off, he had some ice pack on his leg or something, everyone's lost their mind about that. But he, with the next three fixtures for City, he's that player, isn't he, that just doesn't play. And then when he does play, he gets like a hat trick. And then he doesn't play again. And then, then there's that gamble at 6.9. And I think I asked the question between Foden and Grealish, and I think I'm probably just in the Foden camp because I, uh, I think he's just unbelievable. But if I was going to gamble on a City midfielder, dare I say it, I might still stick with Torres because <laughs> it because it's he's like, he either plays or he doesn't, which sounds like a ridiculous statement. But yeah. then if he does play, he seems to just bang. <laughs> and then it gets yeah. you points. And if he doesn't, if you've got a strong enough bench, Whereas I feel like... yeah, That's the point, isn't it? If you've got a good bench where you're happy for him not to play, if he doesn't... Yeah. How many times has he come on? How many times has he come on now? Hardly at all. I think I think he's because that's that, that's huge as well. Because like you say, it's one of them things to consider. If a player you know is going to at least come on for like probably like an Ian Nacho, let me think, because you know he's always coming on at some point if he don't play. But yeah. the likelihood if he doesn't start, he's going to get one point. Whereas if you know someone's not playing, like a defender, for example, you know they're just not going to come on, and then I've got that defender on my bench that will come on. So that's actually it is something to consider that. Yeah, um, have I hit <laughs> that's funny? I've done that, haven't I? Uh, in terms of Torres, uh, four appearances, none as subbed on. Yeah, well, there you go, he's, he's quite a safe bet, then, isn't he? Yeah, as Foden, two starts, one sub on. Look at Sterling, five sub ons. Um, Mares, he's that four sub on kind of guy, but yeah, Grealish, seven starts. A person who kind of sneaks under the radar constantly is Bernardo, isn't he? He just, he's, it, I've been so impressed by him considering he wanted to leave. Different role he's playing this season, isn't he? Yeah, it's um, it's it's been bit interesting, I think, for to to look at is that one. Um, but yeah, City midfielders always always an interesting one, especially with their next three fixtures looking really good. Um, um or Tony? 
for Brentford. Five 5.5 from yeah. Boma midfielder playing up front. Tony, 6.3 up front. Oh, always, always Tony for me. Yeah, it's just it's just Tony for me, but that was really close again. That was um, that was fifty-five, forty-five percent, just in Tony's favour. It's such a close one because I think I'd have Umbuemo as like my fifth midfielder, but uh, Tony, I'm gonna have. I'd start every week as a front three. I'd, I don't know. It's just I, I I'd, think it's so close. I think it goes back to what Tom you mentioned earlier. Mm. There's that many budget midfielders. Oh, and I don't actually think the budget strikers, which Tony would fit into. There's not as many good options. That's why I would have Tony in. Yeah, as a good team structure as a third striker. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, I suppose it, depends, it all goes back to what structure you're looking at, doesn't it? Because I'm immediately thinking, like, I, I think that there's a couple of £7.58 million pound strikers this year that are kind of almost must-haves at the moment due to fixtures and points scored. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, the only reason I'm not looking at Tony is that. And I'd love Brentford to carry on doing as well as they are. Um, will they? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've watched some of the games and they have been really good. You've got to give them credit, but I just don't know how much momentum they can keep up. You know, Liverpool, I feel like Liverpool had like maybe underestimated them a bit when they played them. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure whether the Brentford will be able to continue that. That's the only reason I don't have Tony in, but, and that's probably why I'd go for Abramo because you get more, you know, he's playing up front and he's getting probably just as many points as Tony, but, and he's cheaper. So, yeah, I think if you if you're playing a three four three formation, you're probably going to go. You, you you might go with like Jimenez, Antonio, and Lukaku up front, and then you might have Umbuemo as like your fifth midfielder. You know, mm-hmm. some something like that to 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 come on. Right, quick fire on these: Zaha Gallagher, one word. Zaha or Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah, me me, me too. Zaha's only scored two goals in the penalties, aren't they? Uh, Gray Decore or Townsend? You can only have one. Uh, oh, town, oh, Townsend. He looks Townsend. like a new player for me. Oh. Yes, I'm, I'm sticking with Decore. But yeah, I uh, um, Decore won our vote, 70%. Definitely some lovely biased podcast listeners. Uh, just to go quick back to the defence. I didn't ask this question, should have done. Diaz or Cancelo, one word. One Cancelo. Cancelo. Cancelo as well, yeah. Um, and then a striker one, which we'll get onto in a minute anyway. Jimenez or Huang? <sighs> Ooh, do you know what? I'd like to get two million price difference, I think, between Huang. them. Isn't it? 1.9. Because, because they've, they've clearly set that team up differently. And Huang and Jimenez are going to play together, it looks like, up top. So I would get Huang in, and he looks electric. He's rapid. And then finishes he scored on at the weekend. They were brilliant, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I, I'm, I'm going to say Jimenez. I just, I, I still, I know Huang looks really good, but I just still would be fearful of rotation with Traore. Like, Traore's not going to sit on the bench all year. He's, I know he's not been getting great output, but he's going to play. But it's, it's one of those where Wolves have loaned this player in. They've lo- not loaned him in to sit on the bench. So I think now he's in the team. I'd be sh- honestly shocked to see him dropped. I, I don't disagree with you, but I also am just like, is Traore not going to just play two minutes for the rest of the season, is he? Because bear, bear in mind, Spurs tries to buy him in summer. His value will drop rapidly if he doesn't play. So it's difficult, isn't it? Um, but yeah, there's some some really interesting questions on there. Uh, just to finish off the midfielder chat. So if we're if we're wild carding now, let's just say because a lot of people will be wild carding in, in in the international break, as as you know, people people do because they've got more time to think about these things. Team structure is so important for flexibility to jump on players. 
because and I want I want us just to think back now. So Scott, when you wildcarded, um, not not so long ago, your team is probably about five or six players different to what you would wildcard as if you were doing it now. Yeah, fair to say. I think again, if I was, yeah, again, if you're wildcarding this week compared to last week, there's probably one or two changes that you would make, and it's a constantly evolving process. Is how many good players there are, etc. That's why structure of midfield is so key. Because I look at these players right now, right in midfield. I'd go, if you went Salah, Ben Rama, let's just say Salah, Ben Rama, Townsend, um, Gallagher and Mbuemo as midfielders. You'd, you might get some good returns from those, but how the hell do you switch to Son? You've got to find four or five million. So you've got to make two transfers to be able to get to him and also sacrifice someone else big in another position. There's just no, there's no flexibility in that structure. So... One of the questions that did come in this week, again, thank you for your questions, is who is the best midfielder from 7 to 10 million? Or 7 to, to 9.5, so obviously Son at 10 million. But who's the best midfielder in that bracket without, think, without having a, a look back at anything? Is there anyone that sticks out in your mind? 7 million to 9.5, let's say. Well, are we guessing who's got the most points? Or is no, no, just, just a... who, who, would you, who, who would you put in your, in your uh, a wildcard team? 7 to, seven to 9.5 million in terms of a midfielder? Because I think the answer for me is no one, but there kind of needs to be if you're going to have that sort of structure. Otherwise, you're just going to have to leave a load of money in the bank. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those because I, I was going to say that I'm not, you know, I've not got the prices engraved in the head like you will have, Alex, but I was just I'll thinking put, straight... Here, sorry, there you go. No, 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 but I was thinking straight away it's like Everton players, but they're cheaper. So actually, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of the players in that bracket. You're talking about like Jota, Grealish, how much of Foden... Mason Mount. Do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd gravitate towards because of fixtures, one of, and I know he's not necessarily justified it, but Havertz, Mount, Foden, Grealish, anyone in that City Chelsea midfield, something like that. Do you know what? All I think of when I see them seven to nine point five million pound players, just rotation. Every one of them players has looked at. None of them are starting week in, week out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough it's a tough price bracket to be in isn't it it's yeah um, it's it's so it's so difficult if pep was just a little bit more consistent there's a lot of options there but i mean you'd have looked at mason mount a few weeks ago but even he's getting rotated at chelsea so he's he's been injured a lot though hasn't he so i wonder whether that's coming to it from mount i think when he's back fit i think i feel like mount will play a bit more when he's when he's fully fit I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you, you might be right. I just thought it, I thought it was a really good question because when I saw that one come in in the inbox, I thought I actually have no idea <laughs> who I would pick. Um, if I if I had to nail my colours to the mast, um, I would stick it on one of the city midfielders and embrace the rotation mm. and just have like an umbuemo. Like as a as a fifth midfielder with the fix just coming up, and that is the thing, isn't it? Right, because if you want to have a seven to ten million, six to ten, sorry, seven to ten million pound player, and you know that they might get rotated, but your fifth option is a cheap, hundred percent starter like Townsend, like Decore, like you know one of those players, Waymo, who's definitely going to start, and that's your fifth option. Then you can do it and just accept that they might get rotated, like you say, and be okay with it. I actually don't mind that. The scary thing with midfielders, though, like you say, a lot of the time they do get subbed on. 
Um, so it is is having that for me. I'd say for me, I'd, there's only one player on that list that I'd want in, and it's Yotta. To yeah, be honest. yeah. It's he, only because he seems like he is like the first choice over for me, mm. though, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think you're probably right there. Just from that one mention, Scott, I think you're probably looking at maybe even a Grealish Foden or a Jota. That'd be a, that'd be the uh, the recommendation on that one. Forwards. So. Antonio, 49 points. Vardy, 48 points. How the hell, right? So I'm looking at this list. I looked at this list before we before we recorded, by the way. Antonio and Vardy. Okay, I get that. Jesus, St. Maximan, Mope, Tony, to be fair. I didn't think he would be even that this high. I thought he might be a little bit lower, but fine. Danny Ings. Then it's Lukaku. Then it's Jimenez. Then you've got Huang, Dennis and Pookie. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin with his injuries. And Ronaldo and Aubameyang. And Bamford. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I would have never predicted like Jesus and Maximan and Mope being up there. Yeah, and it's and it's seven games. I think you've got to keep saying like seven games at the start of the season. And a lot of these players have done really well and I'm not taking away from that, but will they be able to maintain it? And you back players that you think will perform over the long term. You know, I wildcarded last week, so game week seven, that wild card has to last me to at least game week 19. And when you're looking at it, you have to say, who's going to, of these over these 12 game weeks, who's going to perform the best over 12 game weeks, not over, you know, three or four. And there's a few up there that I think that will continue. Vardy has shown no, I feel like Vardy's always proven that he can do it. So Vardy's a good option, but a lot of those other, other strikers, I don't know whether they'll keep it up. Yeah, there's, Vardy, shots, shots on shots, Third in the league for shots, so striker-wise, second for, for shots on target. I think he's second for shots in the box as well. Yeah, um, for big chances again, he's second. I think to Antonio. Yeah, like Antonio's top of all these stats. So I think he's an absolute no-brainer. You've got to have Antonio in at the moment, just because he's he just seems to be returning ridiculous amounts. Um, I, I really like the. Do you know if I was wildcarded now, I'd have your front three, Tom. Antonio Jimenez, Lukaku. Yeah, that's what I'd do. And I'd play a 3-4-3. A 3-4-3 that I was potentially happy enough because I think in the backup to your defenders, to your your main three, I'd have probably Trent, Cancelo and Rudiger. And then I'd have Liveramento plus one more that I'm happy to have in there. And then your midfield, you'd have uh, Salah, one of the gamble picks then two budgets and an Embuemo or someone like that. And then I'd have that front three. I think that's what I'd be doing. And to be fair, in my own head, if I, it's something that I did consider doing. I'm, I'm happy enough with my team not to at the moment, but it's something which I did consider looking at. Uh, strikers, anything else to pick up on strikers, boys, before we go on to, uh, go on to other quick-fire questions? No, no, no. I think so, no. Something else. I... Um, I think it's relatively straightforward. Do you think that at the end of the season, I'll ask you this question. Do you think at the end of the, the season, Ronaldo and Lukaku will be the top two scorers in the Premier League? No. Uh, Other than Salah, sorry. Other than Salah. Let me take Salah out of that. Oh, as, oh sorry. Mm. Uh, as in score, point, uh, as in actual goals. Yeah, goals. Goal scorers. Um, I think... I think Oh, ooh. I think I think I'll be honest. I think Ronaldo will end up there just purely because you know Man United. If they're going to get goals, they're going to come through him. I don't think you'll see him start on the bench ever again after the reaction to the Everton game. So um, I'll say Ronaldo will be up there. I'm starting. I'm not doubting Lukaku, but he's 
getting a lot of big chances and not putting them away. That being said, he looks that goal he scored against Belgium was like classic Lukaku. Yeah, turns strength and then just absolutely smashes it in the goal. So I'm not going to panic on Lukaku, but you know, I'd like to start seeing some returns from a player that expensive in my team when there's a lot of options I can swap him to, e.g. Vardy, very easily. Yeah, there's got to be uh, three, three or four of their choices coming up, hasn't there? Three or four games coming up where he's got to perform really well, isn't there? Otherwise, we're going to be uh, going to be all uh, thinking about what else to do. Right, thank you for your questions that have come in this week. I've got some really good, really good quick-fire ones. I'll try to keep these answers to maybe like a minute to answer these questions at the longest. Some of them might even be a quick, uh, even shorter than that. Uh, keep or sell Trent Alexander-Arnold? What do you do? Tom, you first. Uh, if I've got him, keep. Um, if I've not got him, I'd probably just wait. I know he could score. I think they've got Southampton out there for the break. Watford. But yeah. Watford, sorry. So big game, potentially big points for him if he plays, but there's no guarantee he will. So I'd probably just wait until after the Watford game and then bring him in after that. He's got United after. So Watford, United, and then they've got couple of decent yeah, fixtures. You could so. get a lot of points against Man United. They're very leaky. So. It's going to be nil-nil that game, though. Scott, keep yourself. Uh, keep. It just creates way too many chances every single game. So he would regard. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a player that you're crying about when they concede because you know he's, he's a couple of crosses away from getting an assist or two, and he takes free kicks and he takes corners. Keep him all season long. Agree. Keep. Biggest surprise player this season, Sky. Ooh, um, oh, it's right on the spot, isn't it? Because yeah. um, I would probably say consistency-wise, um, Mikel Antonio um, well, yeah. certainly comes... Because he, he's shown in the past he can do it in little spurts, but he seems to have this consistency. And like, in fact, Tom said he watched him live the other week and he looks so good. He kind of looks like he's going to get them two or three chances every week. And then other than that, I, w- I would probably throw in um, Andrew Townsend. He looks like a player reborn on the Rafa. And uh, mm-hmm. Evan looked pretty good to watch. I quite like watching Evan. Yeah, Townsend was mine. Tom? I was going to say Antonio, um, just purely because the same reasons as Scott, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> I didn't. I thought West Ham would be okay this year. I didn't think Antonio was going to start as well as he has. I don't think anybody did. So it has to be Antonio for me in terms of surprise player. Yeah. Um, one to watch moving forward, differential. Juan, definitely from just what he did at the weekend, mm-hmm. he can clear. He, he's always had that pure rapid pace, um, but he can clearly finish as well. And if it, him and Jimenez get a little bit of a you know relationship going on, for the price point is on at the minute. I'd keep an eye on Juan. Mm-hmm. I want that as a shout, Juan, Tommy. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Townsend because I just I think he's gonna carry on that form. He looks really really good for them. Um, Obviously, being on radio has helped him. Um, but I'll also throw <laughs> one out there and say, if Newcastle get rid of Bruce and bring in a more well-respected manager, maybe, or more adventurous manager, <laughs> then potentially St. Maximan, because uh, depending on who they get, that could be quite a good shot. Yeah. Um, I'd, there's certain players I really wanted to, to say, like like that Cucurella at Brighton at left-back. I really wanted to say like someone like him, but they just don't score enough goals. Um, so yeah, it, mine was going to be Huang as well, Scott. I think he's going to be a really, and he's going to soar because they can't trust Trincao and Traore because they don't put the ball in the net. So and he is, so they've got to go with those two up front. Um, 
Uh-huh. One goalkeeper on wildcard with Ben Foster. We kind of covered this, but you've had one goalkeeper with Ben Foster. This was a question that came in. One name. Ramsdale at the moment. Ramsdale. I, w- I would stick with, um, I've, I've totally forgotten his name, Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah. Do you know what? Just different. Edison. <laughs> Go big. He's performing. Why not? That's, that's just not, you've just gone different there to say you would never go for a £60 million goal. You, know, you know I wouldn't as well. <laughs> I, could, I could help it. Yeah, it'd have to be, have to be Ramsdale at the moment. Um, but I wouldn't blame anybody for going Edison. I have to say, I wouldn't blame anybody for doing it. You're right there, Tom. You called me right out there. I wouldn't do that. No, you're right. Um, how many points do you think Mo Salah will finish on at the end of the season? 303 was his record? 308 was his record? Smart. Early 300s. Three twenty. I'm going to say it. Three twenty. He just looks so good. He looks so good. Three twenty. Not quite ten a game, but three twenty. Um, I'll say three hundred. I don't think. I, I'm guessing it was the season before last when he got that. Um, uh, the season I, before the season before. Yeah, it was the yeah, one. Yeah, I think they just looked a little bit better attacking wise as a whole. Liverpool that season, and I think the teams maybe the Premier League as a whole was a bit weaker. Yeah, but yeah, I think it'd be close. Uh, question from Strud- Strudwick M on Instagram. Thank you for replying to our story. Is it worth having any Man U players for FPL with their next set of five to six fixtures? I don't think I'll bother asking you, Tom, because uh, there's always no to Man United players anyway. Uh, Scott? I wouldn't have any defensive assets ever for Man U players because they just never keep clean sheets. And then, even though you did say the Luke Shaw that expected um, sort of chances created, I would maybe bring him in. But other than that, Wan Bissaka never seems to create anything going forward. Um, so I wouldn't have anything from their end. Um, I, I, it's the next five, six fixtures, all right, is it? I, I don't, I particularly don't know if I'm honest. No, they're bad. Okay, so no, I wouldn't have any they're, of them in. They're, they're bottom of the fixture ticket for the next six game weeks. They're looking rubbish at the minute. So no, I wouldn't personally have anyone in. Yeah, I um, again, I agree. I wouldn't sell like Ronaldo for this game week because they're playing Leicester, I think, this week and mm. they're incredibly okay. leaky. Mm. But after that, Lukaku then plays Norwich at home, I think, in game week nine. I mean, then if you haven't got Lukaku in, then Ronaldo, you just burn him, get rid of him. And you need to get Lukaku in for that game week because they're playing Norwich, who I'm surprised they've got any points whatsoever. And they probably shouldn't have any points because the Burnley, I think, should have had a penalty in that game. So they should have still be on Nom. Um, I was listening to one of the podcasts, the American ones, they always cheat in uh, one for, uh, they're, they're, just, they're just funny to listen to. And uh, Brandon, the American guys, was like, if, they, if they're going to go down, they should go down properly. <laughs> they should just lose every game. <laughs> and he started losing his mind. It was funny, was that, actually. And I kind of agree with him. Um, Lukaku or Ronaldo for top scorer? I'm going to say Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Lukaku. I think, I think Lukaku. Okay, I'm going to go with Lukaku as well. Is Alonso now a must-not-have? <laughs> If that question came in from Tom Hughes. <laughs> the week after I put him in on a wild card as well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't gamble on him anymore, no. Personally, it's yeah. a... It, it's a I, I, neither would I. That's why I asked it, because I was like, I think it's now too risky. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything from you, Scott, on that one, other than the fact that you brought him in for a man, uh, minus four? In there, <laughs> I've, done, I've done well with my premium defenders this season, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Um, Watford, will a new manager mean points or will a new manager mean the same old Watford? 
I mean, I, I, I think the only worry if you've got Watford assets is the Ranieri, you know, likes to sort of tinker the team a lot. So there might yeah. be a lot of rotation going on there. I have no idea what to expect with Ranieri. We've, we've briefly saw him at Fulham. He didn't do great there. He seems to have done okay-ish in Italy, but no idea. Yeah. Um, one other comment we had come in on the, the post was from uh, DAB0603. Thanks, Dave, for the comment. Surely Ramsdale at 4.6 will be in everyone's team soon. He's going to be England's number one, mate. So I thought I'd read that one out. Uh, thank you for contributing. Thank you for contributing. <laughs> England's number one. He's been on a few beers that night. Hey, I think he, he had as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Do you know, what? I, I thought of him a few seasons. I thought like a poor man's Pickford. So we'll see if he ever passes him. But we'll anyway. We'll we'll move on from there. Thanks for the uh, the quick fire questions that we had in there. Um, next six. I want to look at the captain matrix for the next six, and also the best fixtures and best teams for the next six game weeks. So Brentford at top. Uh, then it's Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, Norwich, Southampton, Villa, and then Leicester, and then Liverpool underneath there. Um, Man City, you've got Burnley, Brighton, and Palace in their next three. Then they've got Man United away, Everton at home, and West Ham at home. I think those fixtures look fantastic. Uh, and Chelsea, Brentford away, Norwich at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Leicester and Man United. Honestly, if Lukaku doesn't get me 60 points across that, I'm going to be absolutely fuming. Uh, the Matrix is relatively straightforward for me. Uh, Mo Salah is always in the picture this season, and he's a no-brainer captain against Watford. Um, I know they've got a new manager, new manager bounce maybe, but I don't care. Um, it, it's irrelevant to me. I think, you know, obviously Man City have got Burnley at home. They're going to win 5-0 because they always win 5-0 against Burnley at home. But who, who to pick? Who do you pick? Like if Man City's a captain, you can't rely on any of them to put in your team. The only one that starts every game week or who's an attacker is Grealish. And he's, he's got the same points as Torres who's played half the games. So it's uh, Salah for me. And then 9, 10 and 11 are no-brainers on Lukaku at Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley. And then you look at game week 12, uh, Liverpool are facing Arsenal. That's an option. Chelsea face Leicester. Again, that's an, an option. Where was West Ham? They were down at the bottom, weren't they? Yeah, they had Wolves. Man United have got Watford in game week 12. Those West Ham fixtures, man. You know, that's the only thing I've spoken to you about this, Alex, actually, is I've had Ben Rama and Antonio in since the start. I'm starting to wonder whether I'll have both of them for that fixture run, because that's horrible. Yeah, Everton away, Spurs at home, Villa away, and then it's the Liverpool and Man, uh, Wolves and then Man City away in particular. They're just they, they are quite difficult fixtures. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like to be. Do- I mean, Antonio, I think will score against anybody, but I, I struggle to want to double up on on West Ham assets, attacking assets for that period of time. Yeah, yeah, tough one. yeah it's tough. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, uh, game week twelve is the only difficulty in terms of captaincy matrix um, for those fixtures. I, I think to be fair, look, someone like Ronaldo probably looks like the best option. And then Liverpool with so Salah in game week thirteen. Uh, versus, oh, well, Chelsea have got Man United, haven't they? Yeah, Man United. Then it's Salah in 13. So, of the next six game weeks, it's Salah twice, Lukaku three times. And and then, I, and then yeah, I, th- I don't think that's much of a debate either, really. And people try too hard to be too different with captains when they shouldn't be. When, whether, when there's a game week where you can have a differential captain, that's where you should potentially take that opportunity to be a little bit different. But if you've got Salah, sorry, if you haven't got Salah yet, if you're one of the 40%, 39% of managers that don't have Salah yet, get him immediately. Take a minus four. Don't mess about. Get on with it. 
captain him this week because if you don't captain him this week and he bags a Patrick against Watford, your season's going very south very quickly. Get him in and just don't mess about with it. Um, and then, yeah, I think I look at the Lukaku moving forward. Do you boys have got anything else you wanted to add on the captaincy matrix? No. Nah, straightforward, isn't it, really? Don't mess about with it. Yeah, Salah always 100% and then on the old fixture where it's not great, Lukaku or whoever your second premium is. Yeah. Uh, I wanted you boys to have a, a think and a listen uh, about thinking a listen. I think a listen back to the other podcast. But I think about your lessons, main lessons you've learned so far this season um, and to reflect on those really briefly. So what's your main lesson learned so far this season, Tom? Don't trust your gut. <laughs> Simple as that. I, I, I honestly, I think so I'm really happy with... So, so what do you trust then? That's trust. The don't trust your gut. Trust fixtures, trust statistics, trust, you know, all those things. I know you can look at someone like Traore and say his underlying statistics means he should get put on points, but he's an outlier. Most of the time, statistics support out, output. And, you know, the one decision I've made this year was to have Harry Kane in for one week because I was like, I look, you know I love Harry Kane. And mm. I thought, yes, I think they were playing Crystal Palace. Um, they got absolutely smashed 3-0. And I was flipping between Kane and Lukaku. It was a stupid decision because Lukaku had great fixtures. That was a 22-point swing for me, which would have put me two points off you know, the top of our, our mini-league. Mm-hmm. So that's And that's the one good decision I've made this year. Um, I think you can afford to make some risks and gambles on a five or a six million pound player, but never make a good decision on a premium player. Always go with consistency, reliability, statistics. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something we definitely learned from the uh, from the apprentice team as well, wasn't it? When we were reviewing that Scott a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, the gamble on the cane and then not getting the Salah, and I mean that decision has literally probably burnt fifty points. Um, I, t- I took the, that was the first that was that Spurs game, it was the first game of that weekend, so it was the early kickoff. Kane was out straight after it because I knew what I'd done. I knew what I'd done straight away. Lukaku was straight in. So, yeah, Scott. Um, don't bring in premium defenders for minus four point hits. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, a, a big lesson I learned this week, uh, sorry, this season is to not go too big on too many premiums because, like I say, you can only captain one of them. You probably want, you know, a couple of premium players in there because one of them is likely to have a good fixture, like you've just said there about Lukaku and Salah. And like I said, then your, your points and your, your your green arrows are going to come from identifying the mid-range players that have got good fixtures that you can bring in and swap around and this and that. So, yeah, not not going too giddy because I had Ronaldo and Lukaku and I feel more relaxed now I've not got two of them in because I can. it makes your decision easier for when you look at captaincies. Yeah, and um, the main thing I think I've definitely picked up from from this season um, is to have flexibility in your team. So uh, I think a lot of people looked at my squad game week one and gone, you got Mares, you know, like someone like that for a, for a play, player pick and whatever else. And yeah, I thought he played the first couple of game weeks and he did, he got a couple of goals and assists. But just having that player in the team offered me the ability to have different players at different price points to be able to move around quickly onto form players. There's There's not really a form player so far this season that I've missed the boat on by miles, like potentially Townsend. 
has done done well or a decor like one of the Everton boys maybe but that flexibility in the team that is, that I've had has definitely helped me get to that point um and then yeah the one thing I have to say you say no my no minus four for the premium defenders uh, I mean it, it, I would say it tongue in cheek but I took a minus four last week to bring Alonso in and I did it because I thought it would be a bit fun and a bit of a gamble and if it came off then that'd be great and if it didn't then I'm not bothered and I wouldn't change that because I, I wanted to have fun with it but still again you know go with more solid and reliable picks because over the course of a season for high value they're going to get you more points yeah so, so. safety over fun uh, not a nice message no that's why I'm saying I'd still do it again because I would <laughs> So what we've just what we've just done is they're like don't have fun and don't go with your instincts or gut. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, just go with underlying numbers. Be really boring. Yeah, uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, do. Do, do you know what? Go go have have nine players that are always going to play, and then have two that you just like. I think that's the that's the way, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I agree with that in terms of um, having fun playing fantasy. Yeah, have a couple of players in there that are a good laugh. Right, let's go to the Game Week 8 preview, do, uh, do our captain pick and deadlines, and then we will crack on for this week. Uh, so I know this one's been a longer one, but we don't have another podcast before the next deadline, so I'm away on my jollies. So... Saturday the 16th of October, game week deadline at 11am. The game week kicks off with Watford at home against Liverpool. And then we have uh, Villa Wolves, Leicester Man U, Man City, Burnley, Norwich, Brighton, and then Southampton against Leeds. And they're all our three o'clock kickoffs, Brentford and Chelsea. And then Everton, West Ham, Newcastle Spurs. I've committed already. Monday night football, Arsenal against Palace. Uh, Standout fixtures for this game week. Obviously, we've talked about Liverpool away at Watford. Um, One thing I will say on this, by the way, just before we, we we move before we really go into detail on these fixtures, is um, probably I'm accepting some cookies on this. Um, the, the Premier League table so far this season, I think the mid the mid clubs anywhere from Everton down to Southampton, it, it, they can all all of the results so up in the air, aren't they? Game week wise, points can come from anywhere. It's like they're not as predictable as as anybody thought they might be. I mean, there's only really Brighton and Brentford that are out of position within that table and Leeds I probably expect to be a little bit higher this season so far in terms of that that mid bracket so when I look at these fixtures you know Villa against Wolves I mean why can't Jimenez get two goals why can't Ollie Watkins step up and deliver like he did do last week there's so many different permutations but this is why I think it's an exciting season and people can come from anywhere in the table to do well um, so that was just me getting very excited about that. Uh, Leicester, Manu, whatever, anything can happen in that game as well because they're both a bit rubbish. Um, Man City going to win 5 0. Norwich Brighton's going to be 0 0. Southampton Leeds, anything can happen. What do you think, yeah. Tom, for that game? I honestly don't know. Uh, I'd like to say Watford was a corner turned, but um, Watford were really, really bad. I know that a lot of people say you shouldn't have sat to manager after seven games, but they were really bad and we probably should have won by more. So I don't know. I Hopefully, I think it'll be like something like 3 2, but I don't know which way it goes. Obviously, back in Leeds to do it, but. I would say I would say Southampton have been pretty unlucky this season. They should have beaten Man City. They could have had a draw last weekend. I think they've been really unlucky. Um, so I, I I can see them beating you on the weekend. Yeah, I, I, away from home, uh, the home advantage has come back. I'm yeah. 
certainly if Leeds from last year I'd be backing us every single week pretty much but this year I'm just not sure relegation six pointer isn't it <laughs> yeah. maybe <laughs> 16th versus 17th crazy now, now um, Newcastle are worth 360 billion yeah yeah, so close isn't it though at the bottom of that league anything can happen still a long long way to go with it which is yeah. great yeah um, yeah in terms of fixtures to pick out I think Arsenal Palace anything can happen there as well um Spurs against Newcastle. See what bounce the Spur um, the Newcastle fans have being at home against Spurs, and again a game like Everton West Ham. What the hell is going to happen in that game? Good luck predicting the score because literally again, I feel like that's such a great game to have attacking assets in, and this is also why just to to, to round off this this week's podcast when we're talking about structures of teams at this very moment in time, going with reliable picks at the back is the number one tip that I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving right now if you're doing a wildcard team. Reliable picks being your Trent if he's fit, your Rudiger and your Diaz or Cancelo because, as we've just seen, the rest of the players, they, there's value in midfield, there's value up front and anyone can score against anybody except for Norwich who can't score against anyone. So that's what we, that's what we, we pick up from this week. Um, if you want to join the podcast league, please do. Code is 2P5QC4. That's 2P5QC4. Please follow us on our social media platforms. That's All In Football Pod and All In Football P, Twitter, Instagram, and the glorious TikTok. Tom will be putting some content up on there, I'm sure, sooner rather than later. Or dabbing. Or dabbing, more dabbing. Get some more dabbing on there. Um, and uh, like, subscribe, please like the video. That'd be great. It helps with it going further and then subscribe to us on podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Boys, thank you ever so much for joining me this week. Thank you for the little bit of a longer podcast. Sorry about the technical issues towards the beginning. Good looking game week eight. Hope you get some green arrows and we'll see you before game week nine. <laughs>